I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. I know we generally talk about real football. Uh, on here, but we mix in some fantasy football, and it's 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 a timely thing right now, right? We went round by it's round, time. rounds one through five in our previous episode. Now I want to go round six through ten on today's episode. Um, wide receiver battles, guys that are very close in ranking, guys that are are very close in ADP, and this is an ADP aggregate from four for four. Now this can vary wildly, as we have mentioned in previous episodes, depending on what platform you are on. But uh, the ADP aggregate from 4 for 4 gives you a general idea of when these guys are generally going um, in fantasy drafts. All right. How about six round? We'll start there. Deontay Johnson versus Brandon Ayuk. Wide receiver 28, 67 overall for Deontay Johnson. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 29, 68 overall. Johnson or Ayuk, these guys are are perennially on the Matt Harmon underrated list going head to head in the sixth round. Yeah. Oh man, I this is hard because I do really like these both of these players, you know, and I think they're in line for big seasons. Um we we were initially kicking around a segment about like receivers outside the top 50 picks that could be top 10 at the position. Yeah, and right. these were two of my guys I was ready to name <laughs> kind of for two separate reasons. Um, number one, I think I've talked about the Steelers offense so much this off season and you love and the they Steelers. go ahead and like love the Steelers offense. And then they go ahead and have like a lights effing out preseason. You know, Kenny Pickett yep. looks great. The whole offense looks really good. Um, Man, I, I think like it's just I, I'm so wheels up for that offense. You know, as long as Matt Canada can come along for the ride. That being said, I actually do have Brandon Ayuk a tier higher, wide receiver twenty one for me, well ahead of consensus ADP shock. But <laughs> I get it that there's a lot of um on paper, the target distribution is gonna be tough between CMC, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. Yep. I think Ayuk continues to ascend. Right, we saw that last year where he has a breakout season, uh, and then you know all the buzz has been positive this offseason about him taking yet another step. I think he's also just a better player. As much as I love Deontay Johnson as a route runner, I think Jay, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think Brandon Ayuk is a better player uh, just on a pure individual basis. And lastly, you know, again, the target distribution is tough to to to, to parse out. It's still a as much as I might be excited about the Steelers. The 49ers are a better offensive ecosystem, better um, you know, attack overall. And there's a lot of mouths to feed theoretically, but Debo gets hurt. 
Kittle gets hurt. McCaffrey, knock on wood, has had injury problems. I think Ayuk has just so much contingent value on those injuries, but also has just contingent value as on his own if he just takes another step forward as a player. To me, it's a it's a question of volume versus efficiency, right? Deontay Johnson last year saw a hundred and forty-seven targets, eighty-six receptions, nine hundred and seven yards. He had zero touchdowns. So we know positive touchdown regression. I guess we don't know, but I mean, golly, I would be stunned if he did not get like six, six to eight touchdowns. Um, positive touchdown regression off 147 targets, Matt, bro. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Who has zero touchdowns on 147 targets? This is absolute madness. Um, <clears throat> so 147 targets for, for Deontay Johnson, by the way, that level of volume, obviously air, air yards figures into the volume equation as well, but that level of volume, I mean, almost always guarantees you a top 20 finish at the position, you know, you're going to be really hard pressed to find a top 20 wide receiver that didn't see 140 or a a receiver who sees 140 targets that doesn't finish as a top 20 in that position. Right. Um, And then Brandon Ayuk was more productive with his 114 targets, still decent target volume. You know, we, you'd like him to see, get to Mm -hmm. about 125, but 114 is fine. As you mentioned, he could be an ascending player, could potentially get to 125 easy, no problems, but 78 catches last year, turned those 78 catches into 1,038 total yards with eight touchdowns, right? So a more productive player than Deontay Johnson in terms of yardage and touchdowns, way more obviously in the touchdown department. Uh, But when you're, when you're, Looking at them in the sixth round of your draft, that's the 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 weighing that you're doing. How much do I uh, how much do I value volume versus how much do I I value explosive playmaking? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I think there's it might be unlikely that Deontay sees 147 targets again, but he's not going to dip below like 130, 135. Um, right. Just because I think Pickens is going to take a step forward in his second year. You know, they have some decent role playing guys there as well, but you know, we can definitely see an efficiency boost in Pittsburgh based on the way Kenny Pickett's played and the, you know, the buzz about him. I, I really think he's going to be much better than people expect this year. And I think his offense overall is going to be much better than people expect. So it is tempting to go with Deontay who I love. I mean, I, another guy I have ranked ahead of consensus is clicking his name a lot this off season. You know, he's, you know, he's one of my guys. I just think yeah. that Ayuk a better player in a better ecosystem already. And again, has that target contingent value if some of these other guys miss time. Uh, by the way, Pittsburgh, <clears throat> if you're looking for potential volume upgrades there, okay, so Pittsburgh had 571 pass attempts last year. That ranked uh, 17th, so about league average, just a little bit below league average uh, in terms of total pass attempts. So there is some room uh, to potentially grow there from a, a passing game perspective. Uh, I wouldn't say a ton, uh, but there is, you know, uh, again, it's not like it's not like they threw the ball 600 times. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, we want them to be more efficient. We want Kenny Pickett to be better than he was as a rookie, which is reasonable. And we want him to be better than like late stage Ben Roethlisberger, because right, uh, which is also by the way reasonable. Um, you know, especially from a pushing the ball downfield perspective, that's been the encouraging part about Deontay in the preseason. I keep bringing up all these positive points with Deontay, and then I'm going with with Ayuk on this one. But um, <laughs> with Deontay in the preseason, we've right. seen it. Like this has been a guy who's had like a shorter average depth of target, which. I think has more been about the scheme and the quarterbacks that they've played with, both a rookie and a declining veteran, a steeply declining veteran. I think right. we, if we see 
um, Pickett shoot downfield a little more, and especially to Deontay on some of these like sideline go routes and stuff like that, more dig routes, post routes, things of that nature. If we can get those more mixed in here, Matt Canada, please, that'd be great. Um, then I don't really care if he sees 147 targets again. Again, if he's at 130, but they're coming a little more downfield, there's more explosive plays here, then right. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, all right, so we're going Ayuk right there in the sixth round. Seventh round, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver 34, 82 overall versus Michael Pittman, wide receiver 36, 84 overall. Again, this is the seventh round wide receiver battle, Dotson versus Michael Pittman. What you got, Matt Harmon? Oof. Um, Again, another tough one. I, another tough one, but I do kind of have a tear gap between these guys mm. because I'm so far ahead of consensus on Michael Pittman. And John Dotson's obviously been rising for me. You know, he's a big reception perception guy himself. Um, yep. Another guy that, you know, I considered both of the Washington receivers in that, uh, you know, guys that could be top 10 players outside the top 50 picks just because I love these, these two guys together so much. But, you know, the fact that, Dotson eventually will have to deal with a healthy Terry McLaurin um, competing for targets there, I think is what what keeps him still to me like more of a volatile receiver three than a true receiver two. Like I think there are scenarios where Jahan Dotson could be a receiver two uh, in fantasy. But uh, at this point, I think it would you know, it would take a big step from Sam Howell or a big step from Washington overall, which is not impossible, but not something I'm going to project. With Michael Pittman, man, I mean, the guy caught 99 passes last year. His ADP, which is wide receiver 36, suggests that people think he's going to catch like 65 balls this year. Have we ever seen a receiver that wasn't like an aging player just suddenly go from 99 to 66? That's or what something I'm saying. like that. It's crazy. Uh, I, and, and I mean, this is a guy who's going to dominate targets in his offense, especially like if the last couple of years have been any indication, the preseason has been an indication. I mean, they're, they've got a lot of intriguing players there in Indianapolis. You know, I love Josh Downs, the rookie receiver. I, I like Alec Pierce as like a vertical X receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, the tight ends are mildly interesting, even though Jelani Woods sounds like he might start the year on IR, which is unfortunate. But like Pittman in preseason has been Anthony Richardson's dude. You know, he's been the target hog of that offense. And there's obviously... Um, accuracy uh there's obviously you know just pass volume concerns in indianapolis but when anthony richardson does drop back to pass he's going to be looking for michael pittman like i think pittman still projects for again probably not 141 targets like similar with deontay but if those targets are like the quality of those looks last year it's just like so disgusting you know this guy's like a (laughs) 7.6 average depth of target right right those are those are worthless to me i would much rather have like 125 to 130 targets for michael Pittman and him you know being like a 10 to 11 even just even that like average depth of target which is very possible based on his skill set uh yeah you would think that his skill set i think um pairs very well with anthony first of all he's a he's a big guy right so he's a big target um you can always find him um, for Anthony Richardson, I think that's I think that's really important. You know what I mean? Jahan Dotson last year um, obviously did not put up huge, you know, uh, gross numbers. Five hundred sixteen receiving yards, seven touchdowns. He was like a touchdown machine, unbelievable um, touchdown ratio. Seven touchdowns on just sixty-one targets, which is just that's insane. That's bonkers. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, he missed five games in the middle of the season. Uh, but it should be noted that Dotson in the last five games to end 2022 did average seven targets per game, 
saw took home 4.2 receptions, 69 yards, and scored three touchdowns in those uh, five games. Um, over a 17-game pace, that would be 120 targets, 71 receptions, 1170 through the air, and 10 touchdowns. Michael Pittman was a top 20 wide receiver last year, Matt, to your point. 99 receptions, 925 through the air, and four touchdowns. Um, again, uh, he's another one of these dudes, like just like Deontay Johnson. I don't know how this guy saw 141 targets and did not crack 1,000 yards. <laughs> uh, but again, the air yards will certainly um, you know, explain a, a lot of yeah. the inefficiencies there. For Michael Pittman, man, but golly, I, I'm with you. I don't, I just don't understand. Uh, this guy basically had a hundred catches last year. People drafted him like, you know, like you said, like he's going to catch 70 to 75 balls. I, I just, I don't see a world where that happens if he stays healthy. I could see 75, but the average yards per catch is going to be much higher because, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson can throw it farther than like, go watch Matt Ryan play last year for God's sakes. I mean, mm -hmm. they have Michael Pittman doing nothing but running these like little shallow routes. Cause that's all that Matt Ryan can do. But you know, you look at Michael Pittman's reception perception from last year. Obviously this is a guy who can get open against man press and zone coverage. 95th percentile success rate versus press. We detailed on the show before about how all of his scores are pretty similar. Um, but like post routes and dig routes, like more intermediate and vertical routes working over the middle of the field where I think they're going to want Anthony Richardson hitting those like RPO and play action passes. That's where we want Pittman catching more passes there. So he can get to even, even like 70, right. And, and he could really pay off, um, ADP if he just is getting more involved down the field. I mean, to your point in 2021, this guy saw 129 targets, a bit of a dip, but he took home 88 receptions and had uh, 1,082 yards with six touchdowns. He averaged 12.3 yards per reception. Last year, he averaged 9.3 yards per reception. So again, I just think, you know, there's tremendous upside here uh, for Michael Pittman. I, I'm not convinced that Anthony Richardson is just going to be one of these tuck it and run dudes. Um, I'm just not yeah. convinced of that. I, I think that he's going to sit in the pocket and throw the ball around a little bit and then use his legs to be a, a special playmaker. Um, I love this pick from the Colts. I thought they, that this is the right call. Um, certainly an experimental pick just because he's a developmental player. Um, but I don't see them, you know, again, they had a huge pass volume last year. They cracked, you know, um, what is it? Uh, they had 604 pass attempts last year. That was eighth most in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I could see obviously them coming back down to, to average, you know, like let's say like 570 pass attempts out of those 570, uh, I could easily see Michael Pittman taking home 130 targets. I don't think that's, I don't think that's out of the question, man. So I think the volume certainly going to be there. The skill set, as you have highlighted is certainly there. Um, and, and Dotson, while he's an explosive playmaker, Matt, I do wonder about the touchdowns. Seven touchdowns on 61 targets, that's just not sustainable unless literally this guy's like Chris Carter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just don't I just don't see it. You know, seven touchdowns on 61 targets is is astronomically high. If that comes back down uh to a more normal rate, which would be like half. Um, you know, uh, and, and don't you feel like too, that's where Dotson gets a lot of shine right now is those splash play touchdowns. Yeah. But I also think that 
I agree with you. Obviously, the rate at which he scored those touchdowns is not going to continue, but he's going to get more volume because he's hopefully going to be healthier over the course of the season, right? Like he could double right. that the sixty-one targets he saw last year. He could realistically double that this year. Oh yeah, um, one hundred fifteen or one hundred twenty, something like that. And you know, then I mean, yeah, he might score. He might score seven touchdowns on one hundred and twenty targets, which, from a rate perspective, yeah. obviously is regression. Yep. But I would say that the the good thing about Dotson, like go back and look at those touchdowns. Like what is the flukiness of those? It wasn't like, you know, blown coverages or stuff like that guy wins like down the field. He gets open down the field and he, and when he's not open or when the quarterback throws him in contested situations, he can win in contested situations as well. The guy's catch radius is dead. His catch radius is absurd. It's, it's insane. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, by the way, since we're talking about team, um, you know, volume here, Washington, uh, was in the b- bottom third, 20th overall in terms of passing volume, 554 pass attempts last year. I have to imagine, Matt, with Sam Howell under center, I think that number goes up. Um, mm. I think they'd be smart to at least at least test it out, see what's happening here. You know, I know that that'll probably drive Ron Rivera crazy. <laughs> Just with the way, you know, Sam Howell can be sporadic and erratic, but um I think they they got to let it loose, man. Hey, listen, you you, br- you bring in a guy like Eric Bieniemy, uh, cut it loose a little bit, you know. I wouldn't be surprised to see them push 600 pass attempts in 2023. I don't think that would surprise me um, at all. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's go to the eighth round, shall we? All right, eighth round, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 39, 91 overall, versus Jackson Smith in Jigba, wide receiver 40, 92 overall. Now, again, he did return to practice from the wrist injury, um, but he does play for Pete Carroll, so we don't have any true idea as to (laughs) when uh, JSN will be fully healthy and operational. But he did return to practice. That's a great sign as we are one week out uh, from the start of the season. So, you know, maybe he gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Maybe he doesn't play week one. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But Brandon Cooks, the – Theoretically, maybe the number two receiver there outside of CD Lamb in Dallas, JSN, the number clearly the number three wide receiver there in Seattle. Uh, but their numbers um, are, are very close in terms of ADP. Who are you going with, the old vet, or are you going with the young guy? Yeah, I do think JSN might miss a week or two still to start the season, even though he got into practice with a cast on today. I, I think I'm still going to go JSN here, though. Um, I like Brandon Cooks. I like the addition from a football perspective for mm-hmm. uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Speed flanker receiver, exactly what they needed last year. But 
I expect Seattle's target distribution to be highly concentrated between these three receivers, you know, between JSN and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And, you know, just betting on the role that JSN is going to have as that, like, slot receiver in this 11 personnel offense. Yeah. You can get so many layup looks, but also as a playmaker. Um, With Brandon Cooks, I think the gap between Cooks and Gallup is not going to be as wide as people think. I think they are still going to mix tight ends in there. Like Jake Ferguson, I think, is going to have a nice season. They're going to mix Tony Pollard in in the passing game. Like, I think whereas Seattle is going to be highly concentrated between three people, uh, I think that Dallas is going to be highly concentrated with CeeDee Lamb. Like, he's going to have a big dominant target share like we expect. But I think the two to five, you know, being probably in this order, Cooks, Gallup, Ferguson, Pollard, I think that group two to five is going to be pretty like spread out. Um, there's that's going to be pretty close, at least closer than like ADP suggests. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how much they work in um, their tight ends. Um, I'm just not I'm just not sure. Plus, they've got a new OC. It's like you know what does the scheme look like with Brian Schottenheimer there calling plays? I, and again, calling plays when Mike McCarthy th- is there is like so. You know, yeah. you know, Mike McCarthy's, McCarthy's going to call plays, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but it's a Even transition because Kellen not. Moore, Kellen Moore used to do be like very tight end heavy and used to do a lot of like creative tight end stuff. Whereas I right. think with McCarthy, they're kind of pulling most of the strings here. They're going to be a three receiver offense with one tight end. But I still think Ferguson is going to get a lot of like a lot of looks more than people think. I, first of all, I, I've been on record. I love Jake Ferguson. I think he's got baby Mark Andrews vibes. Um, I love the way he played last year. He just, to me, just popped. Um, and, and I really liked what I saw from Ferguson last year. Again, I'm, I'm going so far as to say he's giving me Mark Andrews vibes, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> like that's yeah. how far yeah. that's, that's how much I like Jake Ferguson. I just don't know how much he's going to be utilized in this offense. If you're asking me, Matt, I'm probably leaning towards Brandon cooks here because I hear what you're saying about Michael Gallup. I don't think that gap is going to be very big at all. Um, I think, you know, we are going to see Brandon cooks, Michael Gallup, CD lamb. I think those three guys will form a really nice trio for Dak Prescott, but Brandon cooks is just at, at this point, it's like, it's pointless to bet against the guy. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he goes to new teams, new offenses, new coordinators, new quarterbacks, Every single place he goes, the guy produces. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be surprised, which, by the way, Dak Prescott, easily the best quarterback he's seen in ages. I think Brandon Cooks comes in. I think he drops 1,100 yards, you know, five to six touchdowns, has a a really, really solid season. Um, Nothing against JSN. I, you know, I love JSN. But again, I do wonder, I don't think we're going to see an increase in passing volume. Both these teams, by the way, should be mentioned, Dallas and Seattle, were just about league average, had around 570 pass attempts for, for each team. Uh, but again, I, just with Pete Carroll at the helm, those, those two running backs, I, I don't see them throwing the ball more. I think they're going to just do what they do. Um, their defense is still obviously a work in progress, so they'll be forced into some throws here. But I just wonder, a, a, as a number three wide receiver for JSN, I, I think he's going to see, as you mentioned, high-quality looks, probably a lot of efficiency. The volume concerns, man. I just think from a fantasy perspective, I'll go ahead and take Brandon Cooks there. But but again, very, very close, as you can see from the ADP. Yeah, it's it's close. It's close for me in rankings, too. They're in the same tier, and um, I get it if you just want the boring vet and like 
the easier yeah. projection. You're probably For going sure. Cooks there, but <laughs> and I think he is at risk of being a little forgotten. Brandon Cooks, um, and, and you know, I don't care what Mike McCarthy says about one well, we're on the run the ball and you know what Kellen Moore did and, and all this stuff. This team's right. going to throw the ball a lot. This team's yeah. going to throw the ball a lot because the, just For the sure. we- weapons that they have there. It would be a huge mistake for them not to do that, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, Brandon Cook's 29 years old. I know it seems like he's been in the in the league since the Reagan administration, but just 29 <laughs> years old. He's still the guy's still got some tread on the tires. Obviously, I, I thought he flashed, you know, pretty good, um, you know, potential last year with the Houston Texans. I just bring this up because it's crazy that Calvin Ridley is 28 years old. Amari Cooper is 29 years old as well. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley was drafted in 2018 too. You know, Brandon Cooks was drafted in 2014 before both of those dudes. So yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. He's He was a very young player when he came in the league and he's just moved around so much that it feels like he's a billion years old, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he will turn 30, um, you know, pretty early in the season. So it's his age 30 season. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. It's, it feels like he's 35 years old. It's just not the case. Um, turning 30, he's going to his age 30 season. Uh, as we go into 2023, I'll, I'll give the slight edge for me personally uh, to Brandon Cooks in that eighth round over JSN. All right, ninth round we go. Zay Flowers, the rookie, wide receiver, 43, 103 overall versus one of my personal favorites, Sky Moore, wide receiver, 44, according to aggregate ADP on 444.com, 107 overall versus Zay Flowers 103. I don't need to give a lot of stats here because Zay Flowers is a rookie. Sky Moore just played so sparingly, his stats don't even matter at all. Uh, yeah. But ninth round, where are you going? Zay Flowers or Sky Moore? I it's so this is a very close one. Uh I have Sky Moore and right right before the trio of uh basically almost right in a row, the trio of Ravens receivers. Okay. Um, I have uh, so I have Sky Moore ranked higher. Sky Moore is uh, is where I'd go here, um, and I want people to take their shots on Ravens receivers. I actually have Rashad Bateman ranked first of this group just because mm-hmm. I think he has the most upside as a player. I think he has an alpha profile. I think Zay Flowers could be a number one receiver too, but just I've seen Bateman play in the NFL. And when he's played in the NFL, he's really good. Obviously, I know he's dealing with a comeback from an injury and stuff like that. Right. So um, that's why I have all these guys ranked together because I want people to take shots on Ravens receivers, but I want people to take shots on Sky Moore too. Um, it's funny, James, when you uh, discuss like Chiefs receivers last year, you know, people immediately bring up, well, you know, there's no, there, there wasn't really any receiver one last year. You know, nobody really stood out from the pack. You know, Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster was the wide receiver 29 and, you know, whatever in fantasy. So it's not like you're shooting for big sense. Like, yeah, but Sky Moore's being drafted outside the top 40 receivers. If he ends up being <laughs> yeah. receiver 29, which Juju was yeah. in six, not 16 healthy games either. Um right. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win for Sky Moore. And, you know, Total. 78 Total. catches, yeah, 933 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, I think Sky Moore can catch 80 balls this year. I think he can get um, close to 1,000 yards. I think we've, and, and again, may, maybe if you've missed our Sky Moore discussion, um, Sky Moore, I, I feel like, and Matt, I, I want you to clarify on this. I feel like he can play not just in the slot. Like this guy has some skills that will allow him to play off the ball flanker um, and and outside. I think he's got some versatility to his game, which, by the way, I think is really, really important in this Andy Reid scheme. Totally. Um, 
you know, we talked several months ago about Sky Moore saying like, yeah, he had a slow rookie season. You know, no kidding he had a slow rookie season because he was coming from Western Michigan going to Andy Reid's offense. I made the analogy that it's like moving to a foreign country, learning the language and learning to drive <laughs> on the other side of the street, right? Yep, and the right. current, it's like it's so much of a transition that this was obviously an experimental role for him. Um, but you're right. He showed in limited action, uh, playing a lot of different positions for the Chiefs offense too. Like they tried him a little bit at X. They tried him at flanker. They tried him at slot. They tried him as like a pre-snap motion gadget guy. I think he can do all that stuff. But his best mark was a 73.1% success rate versus press on 20% of his routes. So not an insignificant sample there either, which is a 70th percentile mark. So they're going to have him and MVS as the two receiver, like the the two guys in two receiver sets. And then I think when they go to 11, which is what Juju was last year, he was a flanker right. slot guy for them. And when they go to 11 personnel, they'll probably move Sky more into the slot. When they have Kadarius Tony as a slot player, a gadget guy, they'll still, I think they can have more as a slot or as a flanker. You know, Travis Kelsey's going to line up out wide sometimes too. So right. the fact that Sky Moore can play all these different positions, you know, the fact that he, um, again, just projects so cleanly into this like flanker slot role that Juju had last year. You know, Juju doesn't suck. You're not just going to take Juju, no. an established veteran, off the field to play this raw second-round rookie. But now that Juju's gone, there's really no one else that projects into this role. And I think Sky Moore is good enough to – earn the role, which he already has, and keep the role throughout the course of the season. So I love these Ravens receivers. Again, I want people to draft Ravens receivers and like take the upside that these guys have with a new offense with Todd Monken taking over here in Baltimore. But I do think Sky Moore is um, a guy that just projects so much better playing with Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on. I didn't even mention that that, part yet. uh, Yeah, exactly. Not not that Lamar Jackson's bad, but I mean, come on. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, let's go on to the 10th round here uh, because I want to bring – you brought up Rashad Bateman. Um, I I wanted to kind of hit this one home because you're saying, hey, you want to encourage folks in fantasy drafts to to take a Baltimore wide receiver. But I think you would also agree – maybe you don't. I don't know. But I think you would also agree – you want to take a swing on one, but I would think, and correct me if, if, if you don't agree, but I don't think it's a smart strategy to swing on, on two or even three Baltimore wide receivers. Yeah, no. Um, I think I want you to take one of them, but I want like, okay, you see Bateman go off the board, take Zay flowers. You see Zay flowers go off the board, take Odell Beckham, take Rashad Bateman. I think any one of these, you could tell me that any one of these guys leads the team in receiving yards and catches. And and I would believe it because I just think that they're all three really, really good players. And this scheme is changing and evolving. So yeah, don't, don't go and be like, all right, ninth round, I'm taking Zay Flowers. 10th round, I'm taking Rashad Bateman. And 11th round, I'm taking Odell Beckham. But like somewhere (laughs) in that range, mix in a Ravens receiver, because you're right. If you have, if you hit the one that really pops, I think you're going to hit pretty big. Right. It's looking pretty good. Okay. 10th round battle here. Okay. So I, I brought up Rashad Bateman. He's wide receiver 51, 120 overall. Uh, 10th round uh, going up against Elijah Moore, my personal favorite sleeper wide receiver this year. Wide receiver 50, 119 overall. So we're talking 119, 120 overall. Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, who you got? Yeah, I actually have these guys both ranked well ahead of this, uh, I have Rashad Bateman ranked at wide receiver 45. He goes at wide receiver 51. I have Elijah Moore ranked at wide receiver 40 when he goes wide receiver 50. So he's going right. to be my answer here. Again, I think 
<clears throat> love these Ravens pass catchers. Love the way this offense is set up right now. Um, Cleveland, I'm definitely a little like sketched out about Deshaun Watson and, and oh, yeah. really, you know, oh, yeah. the, the, the oil and water effect of his best stuff was Kevin Stefanski, what he does. But I do think that Elijah Moore is going to play a ton for them. I think, uh, if Elijah Moore, I mean, Deshaun Watson is just functional. I think Elijah Moore is really going to hit it big this year who we know he's a good player, right? We, we saw him play really well in college. We saw him play really well in reception perception as a rookie. Even last year, reception perception would show he's like an over 70% success rate versus man and press player. And they're, we know they're going to move him around a lot to, to play all three different positions at the receiver room. They are even going to line him up in the backfield and like get him the ball in space in ways. I just think Elijah Moore is way too good of a player in an offense where he's going to moonwalk into a big target chair across yep. from Amari Cooper to be going at wide receiver 50. So he is my answer here, although I, I am ahead of consensus on both these guys. Yeah, I love Elijah Moore. Everyone knows that at this point. Um, I think he's going to absolutely pop and um, and just listen, w- whatever you think about Amari Cooper, some people love him. Some people say he's overrated, whatever, whatever. Uh, but the bottom line is, I-, I think he operates the best when he gets to move around, too. Right. So if he is a if he can mix into the slot, if he could play flanker or outside as an X um, and if Elijah Moore can do all three of those things, anytime you add versatility to an offense, that's good. Um, Now, can Stefanski figure it all out? Because as you mentioned, there's a little bit of an oil water effect. I think Stefanski's best stuff, best stuff is under center. Um, and then obviously working in Nick Chubb quite a bit and then playing off a of play action. That's not what Deshaun Watson does, right? Deshaun Watson's got to see it and throw it guy. He's got to set up in the shotgun. Um, that's where he's the most effective. That's where he's the most comfortable. So yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, can Stefanski alter his scheme enough to, to meet the, 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 the skill set of his players? We'll see. I think that's the big question mark. Uh, going into this season is whether or not Stefanski and Deshaun Watson can make it work. By the way, if they're going to make a choice, you know they're going to make the, the, the they're going with yeah. the quarterback, yeah, right? They're going with the quarterback. Stefanski would be quite honestly, he'd be stupid not to know that. Um, and so he should be working as hard as he can. I, and I think he's a smart guy, by the way. I, I think he can figure it out. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's learned from some of the best offensive minds in the NFL. You know what I mean? So I think he can figure this out. Um, and, and I am and I am hopeful that Cleveland gets back on track. Um, and Deshaun Watson now with a full training camp under his belt. You know, a lot of the controversy getting further and further away from him. Um, I think he can just focus in on football and get back into football shape. So we'll see. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.